0: Quantum of Solace and Bond down a messy trail of revenge. This is Scott's effendulgent indulgent movie podcast. hello movie friends welcome to scott's self-indulgent movie podcast i am scott and we're continuing the uh craig as james bond retrospective by going to his second outing in quantum of solace so obviously the reactions to this one weren't as strong as casino Royale. a lot of people did not like this film and i wanted to discuss why so without further ado let's get started After Casino Royale, the sky was the limit for James Bond. They had a great actor in the lead role, a ton of goodwill from their first outing, and a new identity for the franchise moving forward. But people were understandably skeptical once they heard a title. Bond titles have always been a bit hokey and funny, but they always kind of made sense. Quantum of Solace, on the other hand, sounds like something a bot force-fed all the Bond titles would come up with. But hey, try something new and different once in a while, that could work. Sadly, Quantum of Solace can best be summed up as a movie with a bunch of potentially good ideas that were all poorly executed. Fresh from his previous adventure, Bond is looking for revenge and answers. Said pursuit leads him to Bolivia, where the secretive organization responsible for Vesper's betrayal and death has put a devastating plan in motion. Can Bond out the criminals and get revenge for Vesper? As I indicated earlier, Quantum of Solace is a movie with a bunch of ideas that had potential but didn't work. Even something as simple as the theme song is a great example. Pair up two great musicians, like Jack White and Alicia Keys, for a song called Another Way to Die? That sounds excellent! Until you hear it and realize that Jack White clearly wrote it, and wrote it like a Jack White song, and not a Bond theme, or with a feature for keys. And sadly, pretty much every element of the movie is like this. So let's dig into the elements that could have worked, and why they didn't. Number one, the action scenes are different, but they look like garbage. Mark Forster was a puzzling choice to direct this movie. Not because he's a bad director, but because he had never made an action movie before. And that fact is very obvious in the opening car chase, and frankly, every action scene in the movie. The main problem is editing. I've talked about this a lot with action movies, but quick edits in action scenes are something inexperienced action directors do to make their scenes feel intense. We know a lot is happening because the cuts are happening in rapid succession, and we see a ton of damage and bullets flying, etc. The problem is, it's impossible to track what's happening. Take something as simple as a punch. To effectively film a punch, we should see the windup, the full arm extension, the impact, and the reaction from the person who got punched, presumably in the face. Now, make that a car crash. We should see the car, the obstacles, the action that led to the car, into said obstacles, and the aftermath. Unfortunately, none of Quantum's action scenes work like this. The cuts appear to be at random, or we've got close-ups that make it hard to take the entire scene in, which is doubly frustrating because the action choreography is there. The stunt work is great as always, but it's just not working because I have no idea what's going on. We've also got a janky revenge story. Here's a story idea that works. Bond decides he wants to take out the person or people responsible for Vesper's death, and begins a dangerous road to revenge, not caring who he gets hurt or killed along the way. But finally there's something bigger at stake, and he comes around and realizes his petty revenge is less important than the larger problem. In theory, that's what this movie is trying to do, but the route to get there is fuzzy. The movie seemingly undercuts the revenge angle out of the gate when a villain from the previous film, Mr. White, gets loose after revealing high levels of corruption in the intelligence community. So even though Bond has good reason to find Mr. White and his organization, it doesn't feel like it's about revenge anymore. But everyone keeps talking about Vesper and acting like that's why Bond is doing what he's doing. M tells him he's being reckless. Matham tells him to forgive Vesper. Meanwhile, Bond is targeting a Spectre-like organization, and while he fights angry, has seemingly forgotten about Mr. White. In a better movie, the film's eventual villain, Dominic Green, would feel like a mastermind that was behind Bond's pain, something they paid off in Spectre of all things, or a proper representation of that force. But he's given so little screen time, we can barely take him seriously as a threat, let alone an existential one. And that's before we get into the awkward way Olga Karolenko's character is shoehorned into this plot because someone on the writing staff said, We need a woman, don't we? And then we get to the overall experience. There are plenty of Bond movies that are stuck in the public consciousness thanks to one great action sequence, stunt, or moment. But there's nothing more damning than being a forgettable Bond movie. As someone who makes a point to remember everything he can in movies, the things I remember about this movie are either images stolen from other Bond movies, like Miss Strawberry Fields covered in oil, or action scenes that frustrated me. There's almost no moments I look at or think about and say, hey, that's great. And for a character this beloved and a $200 million movie, that's a bad sign. The verdict is it's disappointing. Full of squandered promise, Quantum of Solace's poor script and action filmmaking let down its committed cast. This has been Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie World, for the latest reviews, discussions, and more. See you next time, everybody, and stay safe.